0: Hello everyone, I'm Jillian and I'm Sophia and And you're you're listening listening to Offscreen.
1: show where two armenian women discuss the intersectionality of social issues and
0: media jillian is a film and tv enthusiast and critic she started off screen as a blog and platform to shed light on new genres cultures and creators sophia is a musician and she's always on the lookout for under the radar artists and ideas
1: i met her in 2019 volunteering and we connected through our shared curiosity and passion for exploration
0: our heritage alongside our international affairs major influences our story selection and the way we approach them when we share them with you. Our goal is to have important conversations that unravel misunderstood perspectives in music,
1: television, film, and everything in between.
0: This week marks the beginning of our celebration of Armenian History Month. We are so excited to be sharing with you a series of episodes dedicated to Armenian issues and culture and we can't wait for you to meet the incredible, Armenian creatives that will be joining us to have discussions about the industry, telling Armenian stories and making space for our creativity, and what our identity means to us. Our community is so diverse in so many ways. With diaspora scattered all over the world, there isn't just one way to be Armenian. We have so many stories to tell, so much to learn from each other, and so much talent to share with the world. In this episode, Jillian and I want to reintroduce ourselves and tell you a bit more about our stories and experiences growing up as Armenian Americans and how our identities have shifted and changed as we've gotten older. This year was a very difficult one for Armenians around the world and led both of us to re-examine what it means to be Armenian. Now more than ever is the time for us to put everything aside and put our homeland first. At the end of the day, what matters the most isn't if you go to church every Sunday or if you can speak the language perfectly. What we've learned over this year is that those things don't matter if you don't do the work to support your community, to support your people, and to support your country. Hey. Hey, Jillian. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> Again, I feel like I literally say that
1: every episode, but I'm so excited to be talking to you. We just have so many like interesting conversations that, you know, I just get excited talking, especially last week we wrapped our Women's Month series that we did with FF2 Media, which was such a blessing and such a fun experience to really dive deep into topics that. I don't think that a lot of people consider a lot of the time um, and really hearing from such amazing voices of our guests that we had on who had the most interesting backgrounds from such an academic standpoint that I learned so much from everyone and if they're listening well thank you again for coming on Um, Armenian Remembrance Days on April 24th and so I thought why don't we center this conversation of the month around Armenian stories and Armenian creators because it There's just been a huge influx of um, Armenian-ness over the last few months with everything that's been happening. And I think it's definitely something that I feel like has become my identity and talking points about how what's happening with Armenians and how I feel about it and how we can work together. And so just having these conversations, I'm just really excited to um, really
0: talk about it with Sophia. In every single episode, intro, you hear the two of us introduce ourselves as Armenian young women. And of course, you know, we state in the intro that our backgrounds inform the stories that we tell and the way that we present them when we share them with our listeners. And um, that is very true. And we We also kind of want to share our story so we can set the stage for some of the topics that we're going to talk about later this month in this series and um, some of the guests that we're going to have on, which I'm really excited to also talk to other Armenians uh, and kind of have those discussions with other young Armenian creatives. After two seasons, pretty much, I think we're ready to talk about some more personal topics and speak more on things that the two of us are Super connected, connected to, and you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this kind of stuff too sometimes. So, but we want to do it. And uh, <laughs> again, we also want to mention that it's been a year since we started the podcast, and we want to thank everyone who's listened and supported the show. Um, we also want to thank all the guests that have been on. Um, I want to thank you, Jillian, <laughs> for for um, starting this journey. And, you know, being a part of it with me. And obviously, it's been a very eventful year in many, many ways. And lots of ways that we don't even have to explain because we've all been through a lot this past year. But as Armenians, it's been a very difficult, especially, and a very painful year for all of us. And we mentioned on the show briefly in the past an overview of what kind of took place in Armenia and Artsakh this past year and we don't really want to get too detailed into what exactly happened because it's it's very dark there's a lot to explain and there's a lot of context historic and cultural context to the conflict and what all is going on and Jillian I'm sure you know that it can get pretty exhausting to rehash all these traumas over and over to people that don't know anything about it and so that's not what we're going to do today. Of course, there's always information on our Instagram. We shared resources back in September when all of this was unfolding and everything. And throughout this month, um, we're definitely going to be sharing more resources on Armenian issues and ways to show your support and all of that. But today I think our conversation will be an opportunity for us to kind of reflect on the events of the past year and how, um, I guess how, 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 it's made us feel as Armenians, how we've kind of, you know, worked through it all. And we want to take a look toward the future and what's next and what's ahead and what we can, what we can do and what we can accomplish, how we can come together and just make the most of our community and what we've all gone through. Because as Julian also mentioned, April 24th is the day that we remember the Armenian genocide. And uh, it's a very loaded uh, topic. It's a very uh, difficult thing for us all to talk about, but I think this should be an opportunity for us to kind of look at it in a more positive way and try to take as many positives as we can instead of dwelling on on all the negatives and all the traumas and all the dark things. We need to we want to kind of take a more positive spin on it. Yeah, we're just wanting to move forward and talk about what we can what we can do in the future. Yeah, no, I think you summed it up
1: pretty perfectly. I remember I was talking to someone yesterday just about like career things and I got really personal with um, everything that's happening in Armenia and how it made me feel and I almost started tearing up uh, because I, I think what you mentioned, there is a lot of trauma within the community and I think because the genocide happened over 100 years ago and we didn't we hear these stories, but we didn't really, obviously we did not see it, but it was just passed down. Um, And for, for the current event that happened last fall, For some reason, I feel like that hit young people in such a hard way. I was so emotional last Mm -hmm. year um, and it was so so difficult when you see something happening to your culture and your people and you want to do whatever you can to help. But you're also so far away and you just see people around you that don't understand the conflict and that's and it's not on their fault it's just not again not talked about that much but you just see like no one coming to your side and no one's really understanding what you're trying to communicate and there are so many other things happening at the same time uh, that it was kind of hard to find the space to speak about that because you don't want to take away from other people
0: yeah especially because like I mean there was a reason that that the war even happened when it did because the world was focused on other things we had a global pandemic going on there was a US election going on there was a lot of other things to be to be focusing on i guess for the world for us there was only one thing which is armenia our homeland that's like all we can all we can focus on and you know as armenians we have so many shared like so many shared traumas and so many shared experiences and whenever you meet an armenian there's that shared understanding or there's that like un- unwritten understanding that that you both have been through have been through something at least your family has been through something there's a lot of shared experiences and shared traumas that armenians have and though that's kind of an understanding among all of us and when you meet somebody that's armenian i don't know maybe for you or for people that live in communities where there are more armenians but like or even if you travel and there's like i don't know if you're somewhere where where there are you wouldn't expect to find an army and when you do it's like so exciting It's so it's uh it's great because you it's it's like you have a friend out of nowhere
2: yeah uh something that I noticed when I met Sophia which is why I cherish our friendship so much she's from Nashville I'm from Fresno and I didn't really know that many Armenians out in DC unless they're just hiding and find them when we first started hanging out more it was something like what you just said I felt like I've known Sophia like my whole life even though we were we just met and I felt like she like went to my church and like she knew everything like I feel like I could have brought someone up that I knew from back home and like Sophia would have known and it was like such a weird experience that like I've never experienced with anyone else that I've met and I think that speaks a lot on like the Armenian people and I just found that something so unique with uh with our relationship and something that I genuinely like cherish a lot and like think is so beautiful
0: no me too definitely and I think part of the reason is because normally when I meet somebody or when I just tell somebody about myself saying that I'm Armenian it opens up a whole can of worms of like what is Armenia? Where is Armenia? Oh, like, you know, where are your, where are your parents from? Oh, they're not, uh, you know, like I, I speak Russian. I don't speak Armenian. And then so I remember growing up in elementary school, that was always a really big point of confusion because people are like, Oh, you're not Russian, but you speak Russian, but you're Armenian. Where even is that? What is that? What does that mean? Like meeting somebody and telling them about your heritage as an Armenian, you it opens up this whole conversation. You have to explain the history of your people and your whole culture and like what it means and what it is. And when you meet another Armenian, it's like oh, I don't have to explain anything <laughs> because they'll just understand. But it, it's complicated, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that gets really exhausting. For me, I was really scared
2: to like connect with other Armenians because I'm definitely much lighter and have lesser features than <laughs> the traditional armenians while we fell on the outside of my community based on looks and i also don't speak the language but i have such like a pride for my culture i always say this like it's all that i've known since growing up like that's what i was told i was armenian and those are the communities i interacted with um and culturally and then I'd go to school that was more American and having to deal with not really relating to the American culture it's very weird I'm an American born in America but I wasn't relating well to the Mm. culture but I was also not relating well to the Armenian culture because I felt like there was limitations on skin color hair color eye color speaking even like body shape like I feel like I was not what they would accept as traditional so I was very scared of my own mm-hmm. like community of acceptance and so it was very hard to navigate that but I always had such a pride um in the culture and just wanting to share yeah. the story of my great-grandfather that came from Armenia and hearing his story and spending a lot of time within the Armenian community in Fresno because it is very big and I did a lot of volunteering work with old people and really I had an Armenian club at my high school and taught all my non-Armenian friends about what it Armenians were. And so it's it's definitely been interesting as that it weirdly took like such a devastating event to kind of see more Armenians who are really accepting of the other within the community and seeing more cool. learning also about the diaspora because I feel like it wasn't really discussed a lot where I'm from, that there are mm. Armenians that are so mixed and speak different languages and then are all over the world. Like I didn't know there was any Armenians mm. in Nashville until I met Sophia. And that was I was also like so scared because I was like, oh, what if I'm not Armenian enough to be friends with Sophia? But Sophia's like the best, like so open minded and really accepting of everyone. So it's really nice to see this uprise of young Armenian leaders for, I'm guessing, in Generation Z that are so open and want to kind of dismantle these quote-unquote barriers
0: to really be a part of the community so much has happened it's been such an eventful time for everybody that I think another thing that we've experienced in our community even before the war happened was all of the racial conversations that were going on this past summer and I think for Armenians it was very eventful because at least on social media I saw so much more conversation surrounding mixed Armenians and um, Black Armenians and Armenians that happened uh different backgrounds and heritages um and and you know just the idea of like having mixed our means in general which I feel like is a touchy subject for us as a community just because we strive so hard to preserve our culture and there's a lot of that preservation that I guess anxiety for preservation because uh, we, we have to work so hard to to keep our culture alive But at the same time, I think we've seen a lot more acceptance for um, different kinds of Armenians and just the other in general in our community, people that have different experiences and different identities and all those different kinds of things. I think as an Armenian community, we're becoming a bit more accepting and inclusive of Armenians of different backgrounds. Our community, the Armenian community is so unique in that. Even though it's not huge in numbers, that we're not like a, a very, I don't know, there's not that many of us. We're kind of rare. <laughs> but at the same time, there's so many different ways to be Armenian. There's Armenians on every continent, so many different communities, even that you wouldn't even think of. Like Jillian didn't know there were. Um, Armenians in Nashville, and I don't think many Armenians outside of Nashville know that either, Um, but, you know, you can find us in lots of different nooks and crannies. We're just everywhere. There's so many different ways to be Armenian. There are Armenians from Argentina, from France, from Russia, from, you know, Fresno. There's so many different stories to tell, and I think we should be using that to our advantage as a community instead of being judgmental or being divided or, um, you know, not seeing eye to eye. We have to rely on each other more than anybody else. Our strength comes in that that diversity and those experiences. We should be like learning from each other instead of pushing each other away because we don't look a certain way or don't speak a language. Intersectionalism and globalization is the future
2: of um, humanity. And I think when we gatekeep who can be involved in conversations and who can make decisions we're leaving out a lot of people and it's a very small group dictating a lot of other people there if we have involved more voices in the space like we can get more solutions more perspectives more ideas um, on how to not only preserve the culture but take it take it from the more historical times of the genocide and move it into the more contemporary times to get people more involved, and more aware. I know when I've met some of my more American friends who were aware of Armenians, like they always have good things to say and they're always like so excited to meet Armenians and just like having those interactions. And even I've had, (laughs) I had like a German professor Mm -hmm. like apologize to me for like Germany's involvement and I was like oh I didn't ask it was just came out of nowhere but I was like oh thank you for taking the time to wow like when people realize you're Armenian they just like say a lot of like nice
0: things either they don't know anything about you or they're like oh I love Armenians I had a neighbor who was Armenian or something like IAN I know that
2: um and so even even growing up in um Fresno with like my last name and like everyone knew you I felt Mm -hmm. like special and then like going to dc and you know you're thrown in and then people can't you know in your community so people can't really identify you other than like skin color and they have this they put their own like perspectives of what they think that you are and then it's like you kind of feel like you're in a box and you can't really speak on your identity mm-hmm. especially at a school that is Considers itself very politically active, but I've had an experience in one of my classes where I had someone stand up and say that the, geno- the Armenian genocide isn't considered a genocide, and Ugh. I just sat there like, "Do you want to tell that to my uh, ancestors? Like, you want to, tell that to the whole community that's still talking about this yeah. 104 years later? There's so many atrocities and genocides that's happened to multiple communities, and so I think we keep the Armenians involved. That we keep like sweeping them under the rug or not giving them the proper validation we just set behind we just set these groups of people behind so many years back where they can never move forward Um, and I think it's just a really unique experience to grow up in because we haven't gotten Mm. past that event like it kind of makes it harder to talk about more current day events.
0: Although there is a lot of that unwritten camaraderie between all Armenians like if you meet some if you meet an Armenian in the wild there's there's that camaraderie there within Armenian communities there there is a lot of division sometimes and it can it can be difficult to find that unity some sometimes but the war that happened this past year has brought a lot of us closer together and has brought a lot of Armenians uh, especially young Armenians closer to their heritage because as we mentioned, there's a lot of historical trauma that Armenians have gone through, but it has always kind of been a historical thing. Or even in the more recent past, like um, obviously the Armenian genocide 100 years ago in 1915, but even more recently with the Artsakh wars, um, you know, issues in the 90s and the 80s with pogroms in, in Azerbaijan and other, and other more recent historical events. Nothing has been as recent as 2020s Artsakh war. So, a whole generation of young Armenians are learning and feeling the the pain that that our ancestors have felt. I, I mean, in a different way, obviously. Um, thank God that you know we have the resources that we do and we're safe where we are. But you know, even though Armenia is a thousand miles thousands of miles away, we're we were still fighting the war on on the front lines of the internet, you know, battling disinformation and and educating people on what was happening. Because I think it's so sad that I think a lot of us were very comforted by the fact that, If the genocide were to happen today, it would be different than it was a hundred years ago because now, you know, there's mass media. People are people are more informed about things, people care more about things and human rights and all these things, and people are woke. But we saw with our own eyes that innocent people are being killed today. We can tell as many people as we want. We can post on our Instagram stories and shout into the void. And some people still won't listen and they still won't pay attention. And even like you said at GW, where we go, it's one of the most politically active campuses and student bodies in America. And all the people that I follow from GW that post every other day about some atrocity going on, some people that need to be listened to, some event or issue that needs to be, you know, uh, ha- have attention on it, all of these things people care so much. And then when it comes to the Armenians, they stay silent.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It hurts even more too, when you share resources, you post, I posted videos, I posted things on my feed, I posted things on my story pretty much every day during the war of what was happening, trying to educate people, trying to raise money multiple times and seeing the people ignore, (laughs) ignore you is, it's really painful, especially when there are people that claim to care about things like that. And so we learned firsthand what it really means to go through something like this. And so a lot of us are even more connected than they ever have been. In a time where people hold media
2: as like the number one institution, and you know we see decline in trusted media since 2008, mm-hmm. nothing recent as people are claiming, <laughs> it's been on the decline. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see with the past few years on what is deemed important in media, even though these are just not important stories. And you see stories actually happening, especially in the Eastern part of the world, not only to Armenians, but to the people in the Middle East, going through things that should not be normalized at all. And no one wants to really... Mm-hmm. Cover that, or figure out a way to extend that helping hand, or talk about it. And a lot of people that are posting about social causes, like they at the end of the day, they just don't want to be called out by their friends. And they, so it's it was really interesting and yeah. really sad to see um, the silence among the world. And also, a lot of my friends. Okay, I feel like at this point um, we live in a yeah. multilateral society. The United States is a big player in the international sphere, but there are other big players in the sphere, especially in the Eastern side of the world. And a lot of my friends were really confused on like why other actors on the Eastern side were trying to jump in to like help out. Um, And in Europe, and I was saying like, it is a very multilateral issue. There are a lot of power players to come to aid other than the the United States. Like the United States should, should still step up but it takes a lot of people to be in that conversation who actually hold power within these regions. Um, And even just seeing people not really grasping that information was kind of like like weird. There's a lot of interconnected history, which I've taken the time this past year to learn about um, the Armenians in the Soviet Union Mm. and the Armenians in the West, and even just that the diaspora is is spread out into so many different continents and countries, and this difference between East and West, there are a lot of people yeah. that hold um, that should be more involved in the conversation because of housing, like Armenians and Armenians adapting to their their
0: societies. All of the Armenian issues are are very deeply rooted in lots of different historical events, cultural context, you know ethnic context all of these different things are involved and it's not a very it's not easy to explain it's not easy to talk about i was explaining like it to my mom at like a table and i was like making an outline
2: of like here's Artsa here's armenia like let's go back to 1922
0: i think that there's a disconnect not only generationally but also just with the different backgrounds of armenians because i think a lot of armenians in america just don't really know much about armenians from different places I guess are Armenians in communities that are a bit more like a bit more established in America that they've been there for more generations um, as opposed to newer Armenian communities with more um, either refugees or Armenian immigrants that are more recent from either Armenia or post-soviet union or post-soviet era like other parts of the world I think there's a lot of disconnect in the experiences of Armenians from different places, like I always thought that everybody kind of knew about the background of, uh, you know, Soviet Armenians, just because, you know, Armenia was part of the Soviet Union, I thought that everyone kind of knew that. But, you know, it kind of makes sense, I guess, that maybe Armenians from America wouldn't really know that much, because there was a, a disconnect between East and West, that was pretty, pretty deep, So I guess I could understand that just as, you know, my parents probably don't know much about Armenians growing up in California in the 80s um, because they, you know, had never really had any exposure to that until they came to America. So we all should be doing like a a better job of educating ourselves on our issues so that we really know what's going on. It's not easy when somebody DMs you on Instagram and it's like, oh, why... Why is this happening? Oh, why isn't America helping? Oh, is Russia involved? Oh, this and this and this and I'm like first of all, have you not been paying any attention to anything I've been saying this entire time? Clearly, you haven't. But, you know, what do you what am I supposed to do? Give you an a an essay on the history of this conflict in my DMS for free. <laughs> like that's a lot of time and energy and effort and mental, <laughs> mental energy. And, you know, it, it it costs money, that research. You can't just like DM someone and ask them to explain this all to you. It's not really our job. Like people should be educating themselves on these things. I don't know. It's a difficult thing too, because I want to tell someone to just Google it and figure it out themselves. But at the same time, there's so much disinformation online that it's so difficult. And it's like, is it our... Job to explain all of this to people, and I mean, I try as much as I can, but it does get pretty exhausting. I was taking an AP European class.
2: There was like a, I think it was literally like a paragraph. I wish I remember like the exact section of the textbook, but it was like a paragraph about um, the Armenian genocide. And my my teacher had me come up and explain it to my class, and I was looking around. No disrespect to the other kids in the class, but I was just looking around, and I was just like, these are just very westernized kids that don't really come from a culture <laughs> or understand the importance of like the significance of culture and the significance of maybe I was just really ahead of my time at that age, but like now the the international sphere and things like that. And I feel like I was like pouring my heart out for like the, which I was probably only talking for five minutes, but I feel like I was just really pouring mm-hmm. my heart out about everything that I knew and how this was to me. And like I just felt like I was met by like a wall. Yeah. And then like for kids that didn't care, like that was the least, I, I'm not asking them to like make this their number one priority, but at least no. And like, yeah. I feel like that's a big part of my identity is like, this is what I carry with me. And then I remember mm. I sat down and then my teacher, I mean, she was great. I loved her. She was, she was a very amazing woman. If she ever listens to this, she's yeah. great. Um, and then she started explaining it and it kind of felt like, you know, when like a guy, like you're speaking and then they interrupt you and say the same thing. And I was like, okay. And then we did, like, a project for the 100th year commemoration um, that we put together. We had, like, these hearts with the different colors, and you're supposed to write something based off the color, but I can't remember, like, my memory on some things. It just, it's gone. But I just remember we did that project, and it kind of felt, like, kind of weird sharing that with people that I know, like, didn't care. And, like, I didn't have good relationships with these people. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, I don't, like there's there's this thing about armen being armenian where it's not like we're gatekeeping it's just that like we can't really trust or rely on people because we do a lot of things ourselves that it's very hard to share it with other people and kind of seeing them try to if they do want to run with it and like i'm a, i'm okay if people want to speak out about it but it just feels like such a deep personal thing that it feels mm. kind of weird when someone else like wants to like like if, we talked about this before I want, like, I would love for the United States to recognize the genocide. I just wish there was more Armenians involved in government to spear that versus someone that's, like, not Armenian, because that part just kind of bothers me. Like, I would appreciate if they did it, but I just wish there was more. I know there's a lot of grassroots initiative really pushing it. I just wish there was more representation within the United States government to be behind that initiative, because it just feels wrong when someone else, like, takes it over and gets that recognition.
0: Yeah, I mean, we should have more Armenians in government. Period. I would only run for president if I got to be the first Armenian president, just so I can put that landmark for my people. I want to say a little bit about my just my background as an Armenian, just because we've we've touched on it a little bit, but I feel like it's I don't know because let me just start from the beginning. I guess both of my parents came to America. I think. It's been like 20 years at this point, (laughs) they moved to New Jersey and then they moved to Nashville after I was born, after me and my sister were born, but um, me and my sister were both born in America, my dad is from Armenia, my mom is also Armenian but she was born in Baku and she grew up in uh, Moscow. And so I have kind of like a mixed background in terms of like where my parents grew up, but they're both Armenian. My mom and her family, they speak Russian um, because of where they were from. And so me and my sister speak Russian. We don't speak Armenian yet, but we'll get there. We speak a little bit. Luckily, we've been able to visit Armenia many times. We go as often as we can. Sadly, last year we were not able to for many reasons. Hopefully this year we'll be able to go to Armenia. Maybe Jillian can come too. That would be so cool. Growing up, you know, in Nashville, there's a very small Armenian community, uh, like maybe 50 families worth of people that some of them drive in from Kentucky. We have some Armenians in Bowling Green that like drive to Nashville for our um services and uh me and my sister were like the only two Armenians at our school probably to this day I don't think that there have been any other Armenians actually there is a a set of twins at my high school that had an Armenian last name I don't know you can tell that they had a white mom they didn't know how to like say their name in Armenian they like said it the Americanized way and I I don't want to call them out by saying their last name so I'm not gonna say it but it's like they definitely like whitewashed their name and <laughs> didn't say it properly. Um, and, you know, I, I bet if I came up to them, I don't think I ever asked them to or talk to them about being Armenian or anything, just because I felt like they didn't, they weren't really in the know. So that doesn't really count. But I spent like my entire elementary school life telling people about Armenia, Aww. teaching people about Armenia as much as I could, like every little school, like art project I was cleaning out obviously in quarantine going through all of our old stuff and so much of my like little little kid art and all these like school drawings and stuff it was all like i heart armenia red blue orange everything like i was so unapologetic about it i guess because there was nobody else so i was just you know the armenian person i was like the spokesperson and i didn't have to deal with this huge community that i had to fit in with so it was just all me and my sister and my family we were armenia I don't know. I never really felt that out of place in my Armenian identity growing up until I became older. And specifically when I came to GW, because at least growing up in the South in America, um the American South, I mean, in a community that was very, I mean, I live in a really nice area with a lot, mostly white people. And my school was not very diverse. It was mostly white American people. And Coming to DC, to GW, which is a much more diverse campus, still not, you know, not, <laughs> there's a ways to go at GW when it goes to diversity, but it was a much more diverse environment than I had been in growing up. And I had people telling me that I couldn't speak on experiences of like, I don't really know, people of color. I, I don't really identify as a person of color, but I don't really identify as a white person either, because in my experience growing up here, nobody would look at me and say that I was white because I just have more like ethnic features of dark hair, dark big eyebrows. Everyone always thought I was Indian or Latina or like something else. And nobody would ever look at me and tell me that I was white next to my white friends are all blonde, blue eyed, like super white. And so coming to GW and having people tell me that I was white, I was like, wait, like Am I not like, can I not be a part of this as well? I'm Armenian. I have I have a culture. I have a background. I have, my people have had struggles. You know, I've had struggles. So I don't know, coming to GW and being around other Armenians too, which we don't have a huge Armenian community either at GW, but the Armenians that I met, aside from Jillian, they, uh, they were either from Armenia, you know, so Armenians from Armenia, they speak Armenian, they, they have all the inside jokes, they have all of those experiences. They went to, you know, Armenian school, they know, they went to, you know, Sunday school, they learn the dances, they know all of that stuff. And I never had that kind of community growing Mm -hmm. up to, you know, go to Armenian school and do the, you know, do the dances and, and have those, you know, wear the traditional costumes and have like those kinds of experiences. And so that kind of made me feel a little bit less than in my Armenian identity. But now, after everything that's happened this past year, I have never been more secure in my Armenian-ness. And I guess it's because of all of how um, active I try to be. And I mean, I've been involved in lots of it. And so have you and so many things regarding like, you know, volunteering for the Armenian assembly and just trying to raise awareness and doing all this stuff. And I'm realizing now that this means a lot more than just learning a language or going to church or even, you know, I don't even know, like it it means so much more to be Armenian than just to, to have those surface level experiences or traits or, or things like that. I grew up in a more, I guess like the more traditional Armenian community
2: than with, like compared to yours like where I was going to church every day not every day I was going to church every week on Sundays <laughs> and I knew the, the dances mm. the recipes like I knew everything but didn't speak the language and the thing that like why I like stopped identifying with the culture and like didn't like I got to a point where like I didn't want to go to church or be around other Armenians because I would always go to church mm and I would always get stopped by an older person, an older lady, or anyone, and ask, like, how much percentage are you of Armenian? Like, are both your parents Armenian? Or, like, who are you here with? Or why are you here? And I was, like, that is, like, it's just all, like, I'm kind of tearing up now. But it always, like, bothered me um, to get that question by people. And I'd be, like, yes, like, both my parents are Armenian. So I would always go to, like, Armenian events and get asked that question of who are you here with what is your percentage it was kind of like a toxic in Armenian environment like it did the, the camaraderie that I feel like I have with Armenians now is like not what I had when I was younger and then going to GW and then again people telling me like I can't talk about certain things just because of how I looked and I was like well yes I can talk about those things because like my community deals with it and I could, And also Fresno for background, very diverse city, very um, impoverished, like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of crime, like a lot of things are happening here, very underrepresented in the California mm. government, like I understand what it means to be silenced and underrepresented. And like, that's, it's, it's a big driver, those mixed with my identity is a big driver for a lot of the work that I do. And so it was just, it was just kind of hard, especially going to GW. <laughs> How do you communicate that in a way? And finding your space where you can speak on these issues. I think doing this podcast and um, having these conversations with Sophia and other Armenians that we know and really centering in on the stuff in Armenia has been such a great outlet to kind of figure out like how can we help for the future and how can we better connect with people and make people feel like they are included in the conversation and can can speak and can provide insight and can be themselves
0: the Armenian identity is so specific and unique just because Armenia is such a crossroads between North, South, East, West, everything. It's kind of in the middle. And so it's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't really feel white. I'm not going to say that I'm Brown. I don't, I don't have the same experience as people that are, you know, black and Brown in this country. Like I I would never claim to have those kinds of experiences, but you know, I might say olive, like something in the middle, (laughs) like, you know, it's, it's hard for us to place ourselves. The whole crux of this conversation is kind of talking about what being Armenian means for us. And I think we've kind of touched on how it goes beyond, you know, going to church and, you know, knowing the language and having these um, community experiences that not everybody may have, you know. To me, being Armenian is more about, you know, having perseverance, working hard, um, being a good leader, which I think is hard for Armenians because there's a joke that Armenians aren't good at team sports because every person is the leader, like every single person is a team captain. Every Armenian is good at being a leader, but not as good at being like a soccer player, so, we're better at chess and like wrestling because it's like a one-person sport, you know? So that's where we excel. But in any case, you know, there's not just one way to be Armenian. And it's the the definition, which you know, we don't even have to define it, but it's changing all the time. It's redefining itself constantly, especially now when all these Armenians are, being reinvigorated in their you know connection to their homeland and and everything because we're realizing that we can't become too comfortable because we 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 constantly have to be fighting for for our for our nation for our homeland for our people because nobody else will do that for us which we have learned the hard way and so the biggest thing i think that we can do as armenians is we should all be and i'm speaking to everyone <laughs> All the Armenians listening that we should all be taking stock, I feel, in what our our biggest uh, our strengths are as people, you know, in in all of our different fields, you know, we're both in school, you know whatever you do, figure out what what that strength is, how you can contribute and take that and turn turn your turn your focus to Armenia. Like at least for me, when, when i was figuring out like what to what to study what to do all i was thinking about was like how can i at the end of the day like help armenia help my people and i think right now, it's a very important time for all of us, especially young people to be thinking about how we can help, how we can help Armenia. That should be on the forefront of all of our minds, even, you know, if you're a scientist, if you're like a doctor, if you're even a journalist, a writer, you know, if you're in the entertainment industry, no matter what you do, I think there's a way for you to help your people, even if it's just, you know, telling other people about who you are, about our struggles, what we're going through, or you know, trying to raise money or or support in any way that you can, I think we all need to do our best to, to help our people in whatever way that means for you. And I think a lot of our means, that's a strength that a lot of us have is, you know, we're very proud of our backgrounds. And um, that's something we should be Using to our advantage, and you know, coming together to do that. My studies in
2: international affairs um, stemmed from an original, the original idea of like wanting to be a humanitarian lawyer. Um, after hearing stories of injustices in Armenia and seeing injustices all over the world and so it was just really interesting to bring it back to like the whole identity of who I am and seeing how that has like fueled a lot of my decisions of just like realizing stuff in my own community and realizing how that's happening a lot all over and wanting to do whatever I can to help and I think it's really important. I guess like mm. following Sophia's advice, like my advice would be I think that the community needs to be more uplifting of just like everyone mm-hmm. within because I think a lot of the time, um, it can feel really uh not it can feel really exclusive on who people want to um be around and then can get in my in my in my case, I've I've been around some, like drama, and I'm like, why? Like to me, I don't know. Maybe every, after everything that happened in 2020, and just reading about things, it's like, why does someone want to spend the time to just like be mean to someone, or like not be inclusive, or just be just a terrible person? So I think it, there needs to be more uplifting and especially if there are leaders in different industries that identify as Armenian, finding a way to create more pipe, talent pipelines to get more Armenians involved. The lack of representation in a lot of mm-hmm. major industries of our people, like it does have a an, an impact on not only the youth, but how we see ourselves. And it kind of uh, growing up, like I know a lot of Armenians that are, that are like in the farming industry. I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do because um, all that's kind of like all that I knew of like what people were doing and like family businesses, which love love a family business, love a small business, you know, but I then mm-hmm. when I like moved away and was like, oh, I think I want to do entertainment. like I don't know any Armenians in entertainment. I didn't think that was like a job possibility. like that didn't seem very real. And I think when you start to identify mm-hmm. people like yourself in different industries, it kind of gives you that extra push um and a lot of our identity of resilience and strength really, really feels through the work and the people that we are. I think this was a very constructive conversation uh, to really show a little bit more about us and why we do what we do. And some of the stuff that has heavily been on our minds, and will probably never leave our minds. it's definitely going to, it's, it, it, has become like a definitely a purpose for me and I feel similarly that you feel that way too of really helping us guide kind of like a guiding force for us of like what what we what we want to do and what we want to accomplish um and I think it took uh, I think it did take a year of the podcast to get to like this realization of seeing our growth and being able to education is number one for me like being able to educate ourselves on issues outside of the community and seeing how they how they um reflect inside And just taking it from such an academic and personal view.
0: Yeah, I think, well, I don't think I would have been able to talk about this, like, during our first season or even in our first few episodes, just because it is, it's personal, it's hard to talk about. And, you know, it's difficult to share with people, especially who don't understand, who don't have that background knowledge, because it's complicated, like we've been saying. Um, And so I'm really glad that we were able to at least scratch the surface and kind of talk more about our personal experiences and what drives us and what inspires us and what we find important um, and kind of set the stage again for the conversations we will be having with some really, really uh, interesting and exciting guests over the course of this month. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned in. We really appreciate your support. So please follow the show on Instagram on Offscreen with Jill and Soph to keep up with our latest episodes and see what else we have in store for the rest of this month dedicated to Armenian issues. Also make sure to
2: follow the show on Spotify and subscribe wherever you stream Offscreen. And if you want to follow either one of us to get updates on our lives throughout the week, you can find us on Instagram, me at Jillian Chilangarian. And me at Sophia (music) Dapidalian.